Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Josiah, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm excited to get to know you and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, so I have two great kids, a three-year-old boy who has just really changed our world and turned it upside down because our daughter, she, you know, she's just turning 10 and they are very, very different from each other. Um, So that is always just an exciting time. Never know what he's going to (laughs) do. So it keeps us on our toes. I'm an artist, even though I haven't really been doing much with art lately, but that's always been something that I've always been interested in from a young age and still do stuff here and there, you know, even to this day, normal stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I understand that, especially with a two-year-old, it would be a little bit harder to have that time to do art. So that will be something maybe you can do later. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he'll he'll like it. They're they're both artists themselves uh, in their own right. So yeah, I think he'll he'll be interested in it. Something to look forward to. Well, great. Okay. So take me back. Tell me your lemon to lemonade story. So I guess, first of all, um, just growing up, things were good. You know, life is good as a child, Uh, loving parents, a good home. And we moved around quite a bit. It wasn't because of military. My parents were involved in just helping with some other things. They were, you know, working with churches and things like that. And so we would move every once in a while. They would help with the church plant or we moved to Bolivia for a year and we lived there, you know, from time right before I was nine to right before I was 10, which was a great experience, you know, had a lot of really good experiences uh, as a child. We ended up moving to Kansas. That's where uh, my grandparents were. So from about 11 years old on, we lived in Kansas and that's when things kind of started changing a little bit. Um, There were, you know, some things that happened just, I think, internally with myself. And then there were some outer experiences that happened. So I lost a couple of friends at the age of 14 and 16. And it was, uh, one of them was a pretty traumatic uh, event. And I don't think that people really understood the effect or the cause that that had um, just on everybody involved, not just me, but everybody there. Uh, it wasn't until I think I started going to therapy that I really started to understand how that event kind of triggered some things that I wasn't really aware of. Uh, I think I still had some internal issues that were going on, but that maybe helped, um, you know, bring bring those out a little bit more. And then a couple of years later, losing another friend, I think that brought it out even a little bit more. But then I also really felt trapped in my environment. Um, because it was a very religious upbringing, even though my parents were great, loving, uh, there was always a fear of God, you know, and a fear of, am I doing this right? Or am I doing this wrong? And then I also didn't necessarily like the environment I was in. I wanted to feel like I couldn't express myself. I, I couldn't be the person that I really wanted to be. And I kind of felt trapped in that. But instead of directing any of that energy outwards or, um, feeling like I could maybe talk to somebody about it. I just held it all in. And each time, you know, that feeling would come up, it's like taking it and stuffing it back down. And it just began to compound on itself. So it got to the point where, you know, I was around 19 years old, was in a relationship, 
I was already feeling depressed. I didn't know that I was depressed. I was just knew I didn't like how I felt, but I wasn't, you know, the, the things that I was seeking out were things that kept increasing the depression. Like, you know, you start surrounding yourself with those feelings or emotions, whether through other people. I mean, at the time there wasn't a lot with the internet. We were on chat boards and message boards and things like that, chatting back and forth. But it's like you begin to seek out the people who feel the same as you so that you can identify and think, oh, yeah, this is normal. So ended up being in a relationship that went bad. And that was the first time where I started thinking about suicide. And I started thinking about if this is what life is going to be like, what's the point of living? Like just this constant struggle and turmoil and feeling just so terrible inside who wants to live that way? Why are we all going around just living life? Like, how is everybody still here? It doesn't make sense. Um, because depression wasn't talked about. Anxiety wasn't talked about. You know, we didn't discuss our feelings, really. It was just kind of a, no, everything's fine. So that was the first time that I was really on the precipice of committing suicide. Almost did. And the only reason I didn't, I think, is because I was thinking about my friends and my family, and who's going to find me. Sometimes I can get through it easier. I've been there, if that helps. I've been there. Yeah. I I planned mine as well, so I know what yeah. you mean. It's a hard place to be in, and it's good to be able to look back on it now and know that you're not in that place anymore. Yes. But it is hard to admit where you were. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, some days are easier to yeah. admit it and go through and others are not. I know. But the main thing was I didn't want somebody else to be in the position that I felt like I was in when I had lost my friends and how I had felt when I lost them. Right. Because that was, it's just very, very difficult. And so thinking about maybe my best friend coming in you know, and finding me like that was not something that I wanted him to go through. So I decided I'm not going to do it today. And that turned into several years. It did get a little bit better at one point for maybe a year. Things started changing, subsiding, wasn't necessarily feeling the depression like I was. And then it started ramping up again. Um, not really sure the cause of it. I think of more of just the environment and feeling trapped again, more of like, I, I don't know how to express myself. And I don't think, I think it's more of like, I think the difference of not being able to express myself versus not knowing how to express myself and living in my body with that understanding, like I have no idea how to tell somebody how I feel. I have no idea how to explain this to somebody else. Or if I do, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think, like there's something really wrong with this guy. And so then there's a the fear of judgment. So it's just continually holding everything inward and not allowing it to come out. Got to the point where I was in another relationship that was bad. And same thing, you know, got, got, I was already so angry and frustrated and depressed that I just came to that place again, where I was like, what is the point of living? Why are we all doing this? Still not understanding that I'm dealing with depression. I just know that I don't feel good thinking like everybody feels like this, but somehow we're all grinding through it. And so it's just like, well, what, you know, if we're all just dealing with this, what's, what's the point of 
like staying here. So in that instance, I called my dad and talked to him, you know, we're a thousand miles away from each other. And I can't imagine what he's going through, but I'm on the other end about to commit this act. And he's like the lifeline. So he's able to talk me down and I decide, okay, I'm going to move back home. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm not going to keep doing what I'm doing. So that ended up happening. It wasn't that things got better. It's just changing the environment was different enough where it seemed like, okay, this is manageable now. I'm able to, you know, move forward. But things were not fixed. Things were not better. It's just changing that, you know, momentary circumstance or something else that seemed like it came in. It was like, okay, like we're good now. But that only lasts for so long. And then eventually your emotions and your feelings catch up to you and you are right back where you started. And so you just start going through all of those things again. Maybe a month after I got married, I was at that place again, just frustrated, um, angry again, still really, 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 really depressed, not knowing how to manage it. And so I almost committed suicide a third time. And the thing that stopped me there was thinking about my wife's in the next room. I don't want her to come out. And this is what she finds after a month of marriage. And so I was able to be like, okay, hold on. Let's, let's walk this back a little bit. Let's take a step back. Is this really what you want to do? Or can you, you know, make it through another day? I was like, I can make it through another day. And so I did. It was a rough marriage. We, you know, had a lot of issues, but it's because I had so many unresolved things within myself that I didn't know how to handle or how to deal with. Around age 29, I think is when I started understanding, okay, you're dealing with depression. And it happened because my uncle started asking me if I'd ever dealt with depression before. And I was like, I, I don't know. He was, he was like, well, you know, it can run in the family. Uh, we've had some people in our family that have dealt with depression. And so, you know, just, I don't even remember really how the conversation started. I don't know if he just sent something, if I was saying something, I'm not sure what happened. So he asked that. But it caused me to start thinking about depression more and start questioning, is that what's going on with me? Because I'd seen all the commercials, you know, selling depression medication, and I wasn't laying in bed crying. You know, I was able to get out of bed and I had tons of energy. I wasn't, you know, leaning against the stall in the bathroom, you know, with a shower on me as I'm sitting there weeping. And so I was like, that's, you know, that's not me. That doesn't fit me. I'm not that person. So it never occurred to me that this is something that I was dealing with and nobody's talking about it. Like the only people who are talking about it are the drug companies trying to sell their product to people who are depressed. So I'm just walking through life thinking this is normal life and this is how people act. And then as I started understanding more and more and looking into it more and more, I started realizing, hey, this is something that is real and it's something that you're going through. How can you get help so you don't have to deal with this anymore? So I went to a doctor got put on some medication, which helped a little bit. But for the most part, it just barely took the edge off. And it wasn't really something that helped alleviate the symptoms. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I got off the medication. It was like, it's not really doing much for me. There's no point in continuing taking these medications. And I've talked to other people who were like, medication was awesome. Like, mm -hmm. it really helped me. I'm like, great. Yeah. Glad it did. Um, but for me, it didn't. So it's not like, one size fits all. Everybody's a little bit different. You know, my wife wanted us to go to marriage counseling. We tried that, um, decided maybe we'll do individual counseling instead. So I, I talked to this 
therapist who was great, but it was more about the marriage side of things and not necessarily about me. But he did help uncover some things and, you know, stigma, stigmas about um, therapy in general, you know, and, and feeling like, oh, this isn't this isn't that bad. You know, this this is OK. Um, talking to somebody, he's got great points that he's making that I'm not aware of or looking at. So it opened me up a little bit more to that. But then I really started looking into what can I do? Like, how can I change myself so I don't have to deal with this? And this was a, this ended up being a long journey. It wasn't just like, you know, a couple months and I'd had it figured out or a couple years and I had it figured out. I mean, this was from early thirties and I'm 40 now, two years ago, maybe two and a half, three years ago, where I started to feel like, okay, I'm starting to get relief from this. And it's not the same monster that it used to be. This is something that's changed and I'm able to manage it more now than what I used to be able to do. But it took a lot of work, like a, a lot of work every single day, really working on it, being conscious of it and trying to figure out how do I get out of the state of being into the state of being that I want to be in and that I want to live in. So involved therapy. I was reading books on mindset you know, got into Joe Dispenza's work talking about how to change your state of being and and feeling gratitude, you know, for an extended period of time, feeling love for an extended period of time without having an event surrounding that feeling. You're generating it within yourself. And so I started doing more meditation, you know, I started exercising or stopped drinking alcohol. It wasn't like I was drinking a ton of alcohol, but I started noticing every time I did, it, you know, hours later, I could feel depression trying to settle in a little bit deeper. And I started making that correlation. I started meeting with a therapist specifically for depression, and he did somatic work. So, you know, for anybody who's interested in therapy, I would say somatic therapy, EMDR, or parts therapy are probably going to be the best because they really dig deep into. Um, not just how you're feeling, but the core of who you are. Uh, and with the somatic therapy, what we did was we really felt where those emotions are residing in the body. So we took time to learn, okay, when you're feeling this particular emotion, like if you're feeling anxiety, where do you feel it? How does it show up? How strong is it right now? Can you increase that feeling? Can you decrease that feeling? And so really got used to how those feelings interact with my physiology so that I be, can become aware when they actually show up. There's a great moment that happened for me that really, really like just set the light bulb off. Oh, this is how it works. I went to the DMV here in Kansas. I went to a town that's close, you know, but much smaller DMV. I walked in the door. They had like five people working one person taking a test and one person at one of the tellers, you know, about to leave. So like, oh, this is great. Like nobody's here. So I go, go in and get my little ticket to wait 30 seconds before I get called up. And as I do that, anxiety just starts flooding my body. And I can feel it, but I'm so aware of it now because I've been doing the work to recognize when that feeling comes up that I catch it. And I start thinking, whoa, okay, what is going on? Why am I feeling anxiety right now when there's no threat? There's nothing going on. I'm in an empty building with a few other people, but it's just flooding my system. So I was able to, you know, get through it, calm myself down, but really thinking about 
why is this happening? What is causing this to happen right now? But the more that I began to do that and understand how I'm feeling, the easier it is to catch all of those different emotions that are starting to run through my body or surge through me. So catching depression became much easier. You know, I'd noticed the anxiety fluttering in my chest or tingling in my chest, but the depression I would feel in my head. It would just, it's like a heaviness in my brain or in my skull almost. And I started recognizing that's when depression is setting in. I can feel it. I don't know if it's the thoughts or the frequency of the thoughts or what it is, but I started recognizing, okay, that's where your depression is. Do you want to go down that road or do you want to choose something else? And I started getting good at you know, recognizing those moments and decide and having that conversation. Do you want to go and be depressed or do you want to choose joy? Do you want to move away from that? But it took a lot of time and it took a lot of work to get there. I think that is one of the big things that we just, we don't realize because we're not taught this. Nobody discusses how to manage your emotions, how to, to refocus your thoughts onto something else when you feel stuck or trapped in a particular emotion or feeling that you're going through. And a lot of that is just, you know, trial and error. But once you start to learn how to do it, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And I feel like I've moved past the depression now and I'm moving past the anxiety, but there's still other things that come up. You know, there's still other emotions that you're dealing with on a regular basis that if you're not aware of them, and you're not allowing yourself to be present with it, that you'll just write off again, this is just how it is. This is just how life is. This is how people act. This is how I feel. This is who I am. And you start to reduce those emotions to your personality. And that's what I did for a very, very long time. You know, depression was who I was. That was my personality. I am just this way. But the thing is, I didn't have to be that way. I was choosing to be that way. And when you begin to realize that, that's when you have the power to say, okay, well, maybe I could choose to be something else. Maybe I can choose to feel something else. And so that's really where things started to turn for me is when I began to understand that concept. And I was just reading a book you know, by Ed Milet, Power of One More, and he has a chapter in there about questions. It's like, what questions are you asking yourself? Can you ask yourself better questions? And just last week, I went to an event with work for speaking. And I was starting to feel a little bit of anxiety. And one of the questions that he says is, what can you control in this moment? So I really started thinking about that. What can I control in this moment? Me. I can control my thoughts. I can control my emotions. Doesn't matter what anybody else in the room does. Doesn't matter, you know, whatever happens. I can control how I react and how I respond. And when I did that, the anxiety just kind of subsided and went away. And I didn't even think about it again. You don't have to go back to being that person any longer. Like you can move forward with who you want to be. And that, you know, was a great question to ask. What can you control right now? And I think that is just something that if we as people could understand that, know that that is something that's available to us, then we could begin to make these changes ourselves without having to rely on somebody else. Or if the situation that you're in, the circumstance that you're dealing with changes and it, it maybe goes more towards a negative, you can still say to yourself, what what can I control right now? I have the choice to either allow myself to go 
with that negative situation or allow myself to become more negative along with it. Or I can choose to stay and stand in my peace, my joy, my love, happiness, and continue to move forward, even though this thing is happening that maybe I don't like, maybe I don't agree with, maybe I don't want to have to be a part of it, but I just am. And there really isn't a choice for me to get out of that. I can still choose my own emotions and I can choose how I want to feel during this time. Absolutely. And I think that's just makes a huge difference. It is. It's the biggest difference you can do. And I'm so glad you're, you're talking about this because I had the same, I had the same thing, you know, I'm just like, well, this is just who I am. I'm just a negative person. (laughs) And and when you realize that, oh, you can have a choice and what you focus on and you can change, then it's like, wow, there's a whole different world out there of positivity and beautiful things and gifts and blessings and gratitude and all the wonderful things. So I'm so glad you brought this up. So what is your lemonade now? What are you doing now because of what you had to go through? I think one of the changes that happened, the why is my daughter and thinking about her, thinking about just thinking about her and thinking about how I don't want her to deal with the same type of issues. I don't want her to have to go through life feeling that way. I want her to know that she can make those changes. So some of that is trying to set myself up so that if if those things begin to happen or I begin to notice that in her, I can kind of try to step in and, and help her with that or at least lead her to a place where she could get help. Because maybe she doesn't want to hear from me because I'm her dad, right. but she would listen to somebody else who's a therapist or something. But now you can see those signs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then the other thing is just trying to help people become more aware of this for themselves. And that's the thing is you don't have to, it doesn't have to be depression. You know, my story is revolving around depression, but somebody else's could be revolving around bitterness, just a lifelong of bitterness or regrets and just feeling like they're just constantly regretting the decisions that they made and wishing that they never had, because those can be just as bad as dealing with depression as hard maybe is a better word as dealing with depression anxiety you could still come to the same conclusions that i did based off of regrets or bitterness or anger or insecurities you know so it's not that it's just anybody who's depressed this is what you do i think it's anybody who's human and you're dealing with emotions you don't know how to get out of them these are some steps that you can take and everybody's journey again is going to be a little bit different but, you know, we, we can take some of these steps and then if we need to fine tune it for who we are as an individual, we can do that. So how so. do you get your voice out there so people can know what you, that you're about your story and be able to have that encouragement? I'm slowly uh, working my way into that, um, you know, with stuff that I'm trying to do on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm, I'm planning out kind of like a, a shorter video series almost of just talking about some of these topics and subjects just so that they'll be online and then people can just go to youtube and access them free and make it available so that they can hear this type of information and then at, you know for now until i get to the point where i'm like okay i want to dive into this full time um you know at least that's something that could help somebody at that point in time so you're putting out kind of these little nuggets of inspiration and things from your toolbox in hopes that somebody hears it and it gives them that just that encouragement for one more day, one more minute, one more hour to be able to keep yeah. hanging in there. The main thing is just understanding that one, you can change. 
that you have the strength to do that. It's within you already. It's not something that you have to go out and find. It's it's built into your physiology. It's already there. It's do you want to take hold of it? And do you want to change? I think that's another big thing that I didn't realize is do I actually want to change? Or do I want to just keep living the way that I am? Because change is hard. Right. Change takes a lot of work. So do I want to do that? If you can get to the point and honestly say, yes, I do, then you'll start to do the work. So there's that and understanding the choice. Like you have a choice right now in this moment, in this time to decide if you want to keep thinking the same thoughts that you've been thinking, or if you want to start thinking new thoughts. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you have that choice. So it's it's up to you. You know, nobody and nobody's going to make that decision for you. Nobody's going to come in and force you to change your perspective on life and decide that you don't want to, you know, think in this negative vein of thinking anymore. And you need to think in this positive vein of thinking. They're not going to make you do that. Uh, so you have to do it for yourself. So I think just understanding you have that choice and you have that strength. It's already built in you. Yep. That's where you begin. That's how you start. We do. We have the power within us. And I'm so glad you keep encouraging people of that because when you're in that deep, dark place, you don't think like it's so ingrained that negative thinking, that pathway in your brain and that spiraling down that it's hard to just tell it stop. Yeah. Let's think something else, you yeah. know, but yeah. it's possible. I've done it. You've done it. Anybody can do it. It doesn't take any magic. It just takes stop, stop that thinking and change to mm -hmm. something else. It starts with that. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. I, I started teaching um, courses, you know, because it was something I could do and let people kind of go at their pace. It would be like, here's an hour's worth of information. Here's a workbook and some things that you can go through and go home and work on it. And we're going to come back next week. And, and it's a whole class, you know, and so we can talk yeah. about things and brainstorm and, and they can get there, their own pace. They can keep getting yeah. these nuggets, keep getting this information to make that mind switch. And so yeah. I love, I love that. I get what you're doing. I totally do. But I was <laughs> in that same place. I'm like, I don't want to be a coach. I'm not going to be a therapist. Like, but I have this information and this knowledge. I've been through it myself and I want people to know about this. Yeah. So yeah. I just, yeah, I started this course. I teach it in person at my local college, the university, and nice. it's, it's wonderful. So I see you doing something nice. like that. Yeah. You'll do great. I still want to do some online yes, stuff absolutely. And, and kind of have a program. I think that's really important. But it's, it'd be more of like a, uh, the understanding of like, this is a boot camp to get you started. Yes, that's exactly Get you on the right it. path. Yes. And then from there, wherever you are within your emotional journey, that's, this is your starting point. This is the jumping off. Yep. This is just the awareness yeah. point. Yeah. You can yeah. do like an yeah. online, even an online course, you know, where you can meet a lot of people online and, and teach this, or, or like you said, your YouTube videos. I think you're doing some great things. Yeah. I get it. I get what you're saying. I get where you've been. I'm just, yeah, it's, it's fun to relate so well. So thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable and telling your story. I appreciate that. So thank you. Thanks for having me.
I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.